0: Time to welcome in Brian Keel, the former BYU linebacker. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. All this uh, all this noise around signing day, does it remind you of anything? Or have times changed so dramatically you're thinking, man, signing day ain't anything like what I went through?
1: It is not anything like I went through. <laughs> it is a spectacle nowadays. It's uh, pretty amazing how far things have come.
2: I'm wondering for you, you've been noticed, you've been uh willing to note that you grew up a BYU fan and at the time, so much has changed from when you were coming out of high school and it's impossible to say for sure, but with BYU being independent and Utah being in the PAC 12, would your heart still be, if you think, if you can just speculate, would it still be dead set on going to BYU or would you check out other options?
1: Um, You know, it's, it is hard to speculate because so much has changed. Um, You know, I I would say nothing would change for me. That I I would still have the same path that I ended up taking. That being said, um, if some of these, you know, when I when I was coming out, it was rare that the Utah guys went out of state. Um, Some of the guys did, but it, it wasn't like today where it happens. You know, tons of kids every year, and you know, I try to put myself in some of these kids' shoes and. You know, if a school like a Stanford came knocking on my door, um, yeah, you know, it's that's different. I mean, there's there's certain schools like a Stanford because of, of what you get outside of football going there. You know, that definitely would have caught my attention. Um, a school like USC, just because of the, the history and the, the amount of publicity that you would get and opportunity to make it to the next level, that would have caught my attention. Um, but honestly, Oh, if, if the rest of the Pac-12 schools or even just a lot of other P5 schools, it, it wouldn't have attracted me. It had, would have had to have been either a very esteemed academic institution or just a perennial powerhouse, you know, historic school. Otherwise, you know, it was all BYU.
0: You know, obviously BYU has, uh, has picked up momentum here. You can see it in wins on the field. They got a four-star uh, recruit. Uh, they got several three stars, uh, not as many as the teams on their schedule. The Utes, or you know, other people are going to play in the coming years. But Kalani seems to have this thing moving forward with the wins over Tennessee and USC and beating Boise State two years in a row. How much are you worried that someone's going to come calling? And we've heard Arizona, and if not them, then somebody else. How much are you worried about that?
1: I think you know it's just it's part of the game, and it's it's a good problem to have. If, if people come calling, that means your guy's doing something right. And um, I fully expect it to happen. I, I'm sure it's already happened to some degree already. And after a year like this year, I'm sure, you know, whatever that volume was is absolutely going to increase. And, um, you know, I if, if someone comes calling and they have a good offer, you know, I don't fault Kalani for taking it. You know, I put myself in his shoes. He's got – a family to take care of, kids to take care of. And when you can make generational money, um, you don't turn that down. So, I, you know, if, I, I love Kalani. I think he's a fantastic football coach. He's an even better person. And I hope he's our coach for a long time. The big school throws a big, fat wad of cash at him. I would not for one second hesitate. You know, if I was him, I, w- I would take it. You know, you, you get, get while the getting's good.
2: Okay, but how about from the BYU perspective? Do you feel like they have any obligation? And I can say, get out of the dark ages and start paying competitively, that they just roll over and say, well, there you go. We're not even going to bother matching it, which is basically what they did with Bronco. And see you later. We'll just get somebody else in here.
1: Yeah, and I do. I think that, you know, sooner or later, they're going to have to ad- ad- adjust and adapt. And it kind of, we've talked about this on the show before. Um, I, I believe we actually specifically talked about a comment that Kyle Van always made, um, you know, something, and I can't even remember what, exactly how he phrased it, you know, in, in, in his, his jazzy style, but he said something along the lines of, if you want to you know, eat with the big boys, you got to be ready to pay the bill. I can't even remember what he said, but it, that's exactly his words, but what he, what he meant was if you want to play with the big powerhouse programs, you got to spend like they do, and I don't disagree with that sentiment, um, BYU has been historically low in terms of compensation. And that's not just an athletic department. That's across the board, the whole academic institution. And that's just kind of been a philosophy of theirs and how they've operated. And I love BYU, and it's a fantastic institution organization, top to bottom. In terms of, of athletics, if you want to compete, it, you know, it takes money. And if, if, they, if they want to be... In the national stage, they're going to have to start spending more money than they have historically. That's just there's no way around it. And so that internally, decisions have to be made, which are way above my pay grade. I'm just a fan at this point, but you know something's got to give there.
0: As a fan, how much confidence you have in the ability to uh, finish the season with a W and beat UCF?
1: I have a good deal of confidence. It's, it's going to be a tough game. And um, it's probably going to be, in terms of talent and speed, um, the best opponent on our schedule. Um, I think, you know, Coastal's probably a little bit better football team um, overall. But in terms of talent and speed, I think this is going to be the, the best we see this year. And they're, I mean, they're better than their record. Um, they have a couple losses. But they're close losses to good teams. They uh, they're explosive. Obviously, in the last several years, they've gone undefeated. They they're a tremendous program with lots of talent. So it's it's going to be a good test for us.
2: I'm wondering how much you think kids being recruits, the young kids, look into what's been going on with this college football ranking system. Because, and the uh, I think it was the athletic director from uh, who was it. Uh, uh, Central Florida. I don't remember who it was Cincinnati. Somebody, or maybe it was Coastal Carolina. Was basically saying that let, let's or, let's go or the commissioner of the A- AAC. That's who it was. Yeah. You know, let's go back to the BCS because this system is just not rewarding the non-elite Power Five teams, and we see it in the college football okay. ranking. Yeah, I'm so, um, it, to me, it sends an awful message to programs like BYU. But how much do you think a 17-, 18-year-old kid understands all that or even cares about all that? I think they do.
1: Um, and, you know, what we've seen this year uh, with the disrespect, the blatant disrespect, of the, the college committee, um, the, bulk, the college uh, playoff committee. And I use playoff. There. If, if we were in person, I'd have air quotes around that word playoff because that's not a playoff. Um, the disrespect they have for Cincinnati – for Coastal Carolina, for BYU, for the little guys. I mean, it's it's real. It's blatant. And in this day and age, it's kind of amazing that it persists. You know, this, this social justice, equality, fairness um, for all, everybody, equal opportunity society that we live in today, it's kind of amazing that college football persists with its It's um, elitism and it's old boys network and the same, you know, the same blue bloods that have been in power for a hundred years remain in power. I think part of it is is all the the warriors who, who fight those social causes. They don't really care about college football. So they're not fighting for that cause. I think that's part of why it persists. I don't know, but it is, to me, it's amazing that it persists. It is, it is absolutely the most unfair system in sports and um, something's got to change. I don't know what it will take for it to change, but something's got to change. And and to answer your question in terms of kids coming out of high school, I think it absolutely affects their decision-making because you want, you know, if you're a kid, every kid, every athlete wants an opportunity. You want a place at the table. Um, The the reason that March Madness is so awesome and fun is because Cinderella can dance, man. Everybody's got a chance. You've got a fighting chance, and it's not like that in college football, especially if you don't go – to a P5 school. So, absolutely, that affects the decisions that these kids are making.
0: You know, I think there are uh, three games that really scream out at me when you talk about how blatant I like the word, I like the way you use the word blatant, how blatant this is. And we have the state of Louisiana just to thank. Florida loses to LSU at home, and LSU's got a losing record. And Louisiana goes to Iowa State and wins by 17 points. That's not a, 31-14 is not a fluke. 31-14, you know who played better that day. And then Louisiana loses to Coastal Carolina. But Coastal Carolina is behind Florida and behind Iowa State. Come on. Yeah, this is ridiculous. You know, like, the scores in, don't in the, matter. In the
1: world of math, the transitive power is there. And I know college football is not exactly transitive. But, yeah, that math doesn't add up. You're exactly right. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I like that. That was a an excellent comparison there as far as that goes. Do you think that it uh, also uh, maybe could hurt BYU's brand in that they have this great season – And this is the bowl game that they get sent to. I personally don't think that there's a big difference between what's now the, say, the holiday bowl, which was BYU's goal for so many years, and this bowl that they're going to. It seems like there's either the uh, playoff or the New Year Six, and then you can lump the rest of them in there. But do you think that that is anything that BYU should be concerned about? We have this 10-1 in season, and this is the bowl we're going to?
1: Yes, I do. And, and, and it makes you wonder, I, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter on Tuesday after the rankings came out and they made comments along the lines of, had we beat coastal Carolina, we probably still would have been disappointed. And you never know. It would have been really interesting to see what, what our ranking would have been had we won that game, had we gained that extra yard and a half and won that game. Um, But that being said, you know, it's, it kind of just depends on what the decision makers at BYU want, what they want our brand to be and what our objective and goal is. And again, I'm not the decision maker. It's above my pay grade. If I were in charge, I want it all. I want to be at the table with the big boys competing and we're not even close to there right now. So if I was in charge, which I'm not, I would be doing everything I could to put the program on a trajectory that gets me a seat at the table, that gets me able to participate, able to compete, able to play for, for all the marbles. And in my opinion, the only way to do that is getting into a power five conference. And I know that has been the goal has been the objective. I know it's a two way street. It's not something we can invite ourselves into. There's a lot of different factors at play. Um, But honestly, depending on what the objective of the program is, um, that's really the only way that we're going to progress and, and and get further.
0: You know, certainly BYU's come a long way since the days of paying Lavelle Edwards less than market value while he was turning down NFL jobs. It's certainly the Lions job at minimum. It's come a long way. But I also have to admit, BYU into a, into a power five and to think that they're going to pay a, a coach Three, four, five million dollars a year, that's where this has gone for a lot of schools, and that's where it's going for the rest of them. And I have a hard time seeing that happening anytime soon for the Y. And yet, with everything you say, it seems like that's where they've got to go, is when do they do it?
1: Exactly. And it's just, you know, it just kind of depends on what the program wants. Um, and there's like we said, you know, there's a whole religion that's in charge and you know there's a different bureaucracy there's there's different metrics it's just a different organization than other college football um, teams and so there's there's different things at play and it just kind of depends um, you know from top to bottom what they want to accomplish if, if they want the program to just to be a mid-major and to, to be a middle of the road and compete, then that's fine. Then they just continue on the trajectory. And maybe that is all they want. I don't know you know, I don't know what their minds are. Um, and, and if that's the case, then yeah, just continue with the status quo, continue, you know, plotting along with the, the expenditures that we have and, and the success that we've had. And, um, and that's fine. And, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's commendable and it's, it's and it's, it's worthwhile. Um, it's just, like I said, if I was in charge, which I'm not, I want more, man. I just, I want it all. And so, you
2: know, (laughs) that's who you are. Uh, sure. Uh, (laughs) look at Kalani. He's had an interesting run here in Provo, right? He succeeds, uh, Bronco. They got a fair amount of talent and, but he's saddled with a bunch of, uh, inexperienced coaches, right? They do. Okay. The first year, the next year is a bomb. They change coaches, and then they get a little bit better, but they only still have uh, the two seven and six seasons. Now, this season, they've got experienced coaches. They've had a banner season. Now, I understand the schedule hasn't been as tough, but I'm wondering – where do you think the true Kalani Satake lies in his ability to coach? Because also I can make an argument in his favor. Well, given the BYU situation with kids on missions and then coming back, and it probably takes at least a year for them to get back to where they should be, physical conditioning. I didn't serve a mission nor was an athlete at the D1 level. So I can't answer that. You know that better than anybody. So I'm wondering if you think this is really the – legitimate evaluation of Kalani, because now he's got all the guys in the program are the ones he recruited and the ones who he recruited early, they're back from their missions. And so maybe this is what the program is now. I think, um, you know, Kalani, I think
1: is a fantastic coach. Um, Like every coach, he has strengths and weaknesses. And from the get go, one of the things that everybody agreed upon was his strength is maybe his, his key strength is his personality, just his, his, his likability. There, there's nobody that knows the, per, the guy, that's met the guy that doesn't like him. He's just an absolutely likable guy, and that translates into his ability to recruit. And so, you know, from, from the get-go, it was known that he was a good recruiter and that he was going to help BYU in that department. So I think if you evaluate him and his, his legacy thus far, I think it hinges on his ability to recruit, and it hits like what you just said – there's been progress from year to year in the rankings of our recruiting classes and just the talent that we've been able to pull into Pro Bowl. And so in terms of, you know, what to expect from wins losses as, from him as a coach, I think it's a, a matter of time as he pulls in higher level of talent and higher levels of recruits that'll get better year by year and year. So yeah, I think what we've seen, of, you know, mediocre years followed by better years. I think, you know, he's just going to keep getting better as he gets recruits and as, as uh, more more talent comes into the program. That's what I expect to see, just knowing Kalani and knowing what his strength is.
0: Brian, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet, guys. Have a good one. All right, Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker.